LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. Hey, everybody. It is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. And it's been a few minutes since I've talked to you guys. So hopefully the tech's still working. Hopefully everything's good to go. All right. I have not missed this place, folks. I wish I could say I miss it. It's been a real challenge to get back in the seat. Um, had some real hard shit going on, as you guys can imagine. Some of you more privy than others, but just suffice it to say. Um, I had a massive train wreck coming all at the same time, converging on each other. And my heart just couldn't take it anymore, man. I just, I needed a, I needed a break. Um, <clears throat> in any event, um, you know, frustrated, right? Frustrated because we're here trying to explain how the system works. We're here trying to merge how the system works with socialism, which just isn't done. It's just not done by anyone. And the people that do try to do it, get it terribly wrong. And um, watching people share that in the thousands, watch it in the tens of thousands and trying to crack some small algorithmic blessing to get out of the dungeon that is real progress and actions reach yeah, just it's like a kick in the nuts man it's it's like a real honest to god kick in the nuts and uh i'm not in the begging business so if you don't want to fucking listen i don't want to have to beg you and if you don't want to help share the stuff around i don't want to have to beg you if you don't believe in it enough i don't want to have to beg you and it it's a real gut punch that you have to beg people to fucking do some basic shit it's a gut punch that you got to ask people to share things. It's a gut punch that they don't see the value. And if they don't see the value, then why do it, right? So that's kind of all in the process up here that just made it almost incomprehensible to get behind a microphone and talk when I know most people are more than willing to go hang out in somebody's live stream where they're saying stupid shit. So what's the difference? Why why bother? Why bother, right? Anyway, um, but I got a little bit of a break. We went on a family vacation and uh, was able to get a little perspective. And during that vacation, a an interview that I did ways back that was finally aired <laughs> late uh, where I was on Varn Vlog. And uh, the interview that we did was, I think, really good. I I watched it and I was like, wow, okay. You know, that's, that's a pretty good interview to give to people that are Marxists or that have different understandings of the way it works. But then Varn followed it up with two weird videos. I mean, he gave me praise. So this is not an ego thing, just so we're on the same page. I don't really, I mean, I like Varn. I'm glad he saw value in my, uh, my explanations. He made two follow-up videos that were like weird. And um, and the things he said in those videos made me think that maybe all the stuff that he heard from me previously 
either wasn't adequate, didn't stick, whatever. Standard for all this stuff, right? You figure with Jimmy Dore five minutes after you're done talking to him about how crypto is nothing more than something riding over fiat. Five minutes later, he gets somebody on there that says crypto is going to be the end of fiat. So you just get tired of it, right? You just get tired of it. Why in the world would you invest yourself when people are sitting, you're sitting there spending time after time explaining show, for example, the primaries of the Democratic Party are rigged, literally, legally rigged. And you demonstrate, you show Bruce Spiva, their fucking attorney, who fought successfully in federal court. And you explain this stuff. And five minutes later, the same people that are listening to you out there going, vote for Cornell, vote for uh, Marianne, vote for RFK. And you're like, go for it, man. Maybe, maybe Obama won't put his thumb on the scale this time. Maybe, maybe it'll be, maybe this time will be different. Maybe this time will be different. But each time we talk about this stuff on the Varn vlog, and I'm going to go back to Varn for a minute, because Varn is somebody who is, is special to me. I like Varn a lot. Um, but it's very frustrating because my foray into Marxism, my efforts to work into the socialist world are probably more challenging than dealing with the worst fascists out there. Because Marxists do something that that make them almost irrelevant, right? What they do is they add in labor theory of value and they add in all these things that Marx said before they try to understand how a fiat system works. And so it ends up being like a Rube Goldberg machine of bullshit that they throw at you before they listen to how a fiat system works. And one of the things that I found most important is understanding that the system is a process flow. It's a straight process flow. A straight process flow where it doesn't matter what your ideology is. Doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Green. Doesn't matter if you're a socialist, a communist, a Marxist. Until you've had your revolution, you've got this system. And being angry at the system and not liking the system doesn't mean you don't need to understand how the system works. Unless you just don't care. And then why should I listen to you if you don't care? Because you haven't created the conditions to create a revolution. You have not chosen to put down bullshit and learn so that we can unite and create the, the, uh, the force to have a revolution. So all that on the side, the system is the system and we got to learn how to use it. And if you ever wanted to design a different system, you need to know the flaws of the prior system. You need to understand the system as it stands. It's not a subject of whether or not you agree with it or whether you like it or whether you um, whether you agree, whether you think it's right, whether it's correct, right? You're going to judge whether it's correct. It really is nuts and bolts blocking and tackling. And folks keep imposing their ideological framework 
on the system before they learn how the system works. Okay. See, the way this is, is, and this is beautiful, when you understand how money is spent into existence through the federal government, and you understand how it's taxed out of the uh, federal, um, out of the system via the federal government, and you can fully understand that money is a construct of the state, not whether you have faith in it, not whether, <laughs> not whether you like the state having power over you, not whether you like taxes, not whether you like coercive force of tax, doesn't matter one iota how you feel about it. What matters is, is the system is the system is the system and it works the way it works, no matter where you are on the political spectrum. And so with that in mind, the unfortunate thing is Marxists come in and they try and tell you, they try and do battle with you about how the system works. And then they try to superimpose things that Marx said over a century ago that weren't valid really in a fiat system then. They were all based on commodity uh, money. They were based on a lot of commodity-based economic understandings. They weren't based on the system we have today. And so you have to divorce yourself of all ideology to learn the basics of MMT. Then once you learn how the system works, then you superimpose your sensibilities, your ideological proclivities, your framework for how you see the world. Because MMT works just fantastic because it doesn't work at all. It's just a lens, right? MMT describes the system. So if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat that likes to go to war with NATO and stuff like that, you do these stupid things, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. If you're that kind of person, you get off on that shit. Wait till you learn how the system works and then you can institute your wars. You can institute you know, all the other bullshit that you guys fetishize about. If you're a Marxist and you don't like the system, but you know the material conditions suggest and scientific Marxism suggests that you look at the system as it is, not as you want it to be, but you look at it how it is and learn it scientifically, right? They don't do that. There's a religious component there that they superimpose in front of everything you tell them about how the system works. I remember years ago talking to Ajamu Baraka. And, you know, Ajamu learned a lot of things. I don't know how much of it he's retained. There was a period of time where he truly did understand MMT to a degree anyway. And so he would try to insert, well, what about capital flight? And what about labor theory of value? What about... And just kept going through all these different standard things out of Das Capital, you know, and and try to superimpose those thoughts over MMT and, and they clash because it was done in a fiat, not in a fiat. It was done in a commodity money regime. It was done based on a totally different mindset. Okay. I, I don't know. You know, you can dig in deeper and you can find all kinds of inconsistencies with how things flow today but what we're trying to do here is try and teach you the rudiments the base of mmt and more importantly just simply how federal finance works in a fiat system call it mmt 
call it whatever you want, okay? But ultimately, you must understand how the system works. And that is a simple act that Congress alone writes laws. That would be the House and the Senate. doesn't matter whether you like that either. It's how it is, okay? So the House and the Senate write a bill. Well, when the House passes their part, they hold the power of the purse based on the Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution. So they are the creators of that dollar by law. They, they have given that law the, the, the righteousness of existence by passing it in legislation. And then they take the instructions from that law and they hand it to the Fed, who then in turn takes the dollars that were created legally. Because what is a dollar? A dollar's unit of measure. All the Fed is doing is keystroking that shit into deposits, into bank accounts. That's it. That's all they're doing. The real power came when Congress wrote a bill and got it signed into law. That authorized that money to be created right there. That was when it happened. The keyboard aspect of it, irrelevant. This is why all the split-fingered waste people that get all wrapped around the axle about the Fed, the private Federal Reserve, the Rothschilds, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It is like wash, rinse, repeat. You can't get away from the chuckleheads that can't stop saying fucking edgelord things. But the reality is, is that the law Congress exercised was a constitutional one. Article 1, Section 8 gives them the power of the purse. They write that, they hand those instructions to the Fed. The Fed spends that money into existence, or I should say, deposits, makes deposits with keystrokes into the Treasury's accounts. Then the Treasury, from their savings accounts or their checking account or their general account or whatever account they have, they issue payments out to the world that's how money gets into the system okay the other way that money gets in the system of course is when banks create loans they don't get to keep all that money they get a special charter from the federal government to create money for loans and when those loans are paid back the bank keeps the interest the rest of it is zeroed out so basically, the guy sitting there at the teller, the dude sitting at the desk, smiling at you, glad-handing you, signing the, the loan into existence, their salaries are paid for with the interest on these loans. That's, that's it. And so the Fed, which gets interest on reserves, reserves are what we create in the banking system when Congress authorizes spending. It puts that money into the private sector where we all get to use it. But inside the banking sector, you have a reserve entered a one and, and, the, and it's a spreadsheet. So you got assets and liabilities, right? Fed issues a reserve. The world gets a dollar. When the dollar comes back as a tax, it wipes out the reserve. Everything zeroes out. The Fed, however, does a number of things. And what they do is they get to keep enough money to pay for operating expenses and salaries. The rest of the money 
that the Fed makes through whatever processes it does, because it's not a profit-making industry, it literally gives them back to the Treasury. And the Treasury then takes that and puts it back into the TGA or the Treasury's general account. And that's used as an overdraft should payments be going through. That money is used. Okay. Now, it doesn't matter whether you have faith in that because at the end of the day, what matters is whether or not the IRS can actually enforce a tax. If it can enforce a tax, your faith in that doesn't matter because you'll be in jail if you don't pay it, right? So with that in mind, I got to hide the comments here because I see people playing cheerleader and I don't need to see that while I'm talking. Anyway, with that in mind, it's really important to understand that what Marxists tend to do is they tend to supersede all that logic that I just laid out there and they come up with a bunch of things that Marx said, thus saith Marx but they don't work together. It's like oil and water at that level, right? Because again, Marx didn't understand fiat. There's moments where they say, oh, in volume two, he got a little bit, or in volume three, he got a little bit of it. But for the most part, Marx doesn't touch it. So if he doesn't touch it, that means somebody's got to insert their view of it. And this is where it becomes problematic because Unless we have a revolution, the best we've got is the ability to control Congress or the ability to maybe control um, legislation in general um, and to operate within the system as it is. So with that in mind, let's say hypothetically that out of nowhere, Marxists took over the government. They might choose to make a law that says all corporations have to be owned by the workers. Okay. But that would be an act of law they would have to do short of a revolution. Now you see, we don't have enough gas for a revolution and we don't have any Marxists in the political system really, so to speak. So that presents a whole series of challenges that we can talk about at a different time. It does not, however, change how the system itself works. And one of the other things, the challenging things, is explaining to people. And when you think about the dollar on the open market trading and people betting on the dollar or or trading in Forex, uh, the Forex markets, and uh, the value of the dollar, right? The, the trading of the dollar out there on international has an impact on foreign countries much more than anything to do with us, okay? Doesn't really impact us in the nation at all. But when things like the Fed raises interest rates, that has a downstream impact on all those other countries that end up having to inadvertently use dollars to buy either oil, or to pay for goods and services they got from the United States, or to pay back debts from the IMF, et cetera, that were payable in U.S. dollars. Because the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is an extension of U.S. imperialism, okay? So countries need to have those dollars. It's got nothing to do with faith. They're not doing this based on faith. 
They're doing this based on keeping NATO out of their backyard. They're trying to make sure the confessions of an economic hitman don't come to their back door. Okay? It's irrelevant that they have faith in the dollar. And so they create this Rube Goldberg machine of, of ideas and they, they conflate MMT-ers with MMT. For example, it doesn't take much to see that the vast majority of the headline MMT community works closely with the Democratic Party. Stephanie Kelton has been on Bernie Sanders' staff through two different presidential runs. She was also on Sanders, uh, Sanders Institute. Uh, she was part of that board of directors. She was one of the fellow senior fellows at Sanders Institute. Um, you see folks like Ron Gray and uh, Raul Carrillo and others from the Modern Money Network advising typically Democratic political candidates who will take the MMT message and, and work it, right? But that doesn't make MMT a Democratic thing. It doesn't make it the Democratic Party's thing because the Democratic Party doesn't even act like they know what it is or own it at all. Right now, there's really no real solid champions for this at any level. You got the Republicans trying to outlaw the knowledge. Why, why do you think they would want to outlaw it, yet the left spends all their time shooting it down? But there's the GOP trying to knock it down and outlaw, right? Anyway, um, but you've got none of the Democrats that did anything with this when it came to the debt ceiling. You got none of the Democrats that did anything with this when it came to positioning a Green New Deal. How you see most of the single-payer advocates out there worthlessly championing paying for Medicare for all with progressive health, uh, progressive uh, taxation. But taxes literally do not pay for federal spending. So why would they want to do that? Why would they want to pay for it? With taxes. See, there's no one that's championing this. And so the few people that do, you look at the, the, the larger MMT body, and for those that partake in the political space, they're looking at the power center. They're looking at ways of making MMT go mainstream because once it's mainstream, once people understand it, there's no putting that genie back in the bottle. Okay? This is how... You've got to get it out there. So, you know, even if I vehemently disagree with their politics, vehemently disagree with getting behind Joe Biden, vehemently disagree with ever praising Beto O'Rourke, okay, absolutely unwilling to ever say a kind word about Pete Buttigieg or Kamala Harris. Hell no. And just because there might be some headline MMTers that would get behind a Harris uh, presidency doesn't mean that's MMT. And so some, including Varn, have a tough time separating the social Dems, the, the, uh, the people that are okay with voting for a, a Biden-type presidency. Um, that doesn't represent MMT. Nothing really represents MMT. It's like what represents reality, right? Well, MMT is reality. It's how it is. It's how it works. And you can see to great precision how the wealthy have used it without thinking, without even flinching. Going back to like when Nixon took us off the gold standard in 72, you can clearly see 
the hockey stick form of income inequality because Jimmy Carter, who was the first neoliberal really to fuck us up, was all about austerity. And so he was telling everybody, you got to buckle up and pinch pennies and starve the beast and put on a coat and take one for the team and all this other crap. And you saw this progressively occur. And then when Reagan kicked in, it just went off in steroids. And then Bubba Bill Clinton said, hold my beer. And he did it even worse. H.W. Bush, same thing. Okay. Obama, same thing. W, same thing. Trump, same thing. Biden, same thing. Nothing really in any way, shape, or form fundamentally different between either of them in that sense. Okay. None of them. But it doesn't mean that MMT is Democrat. It doesn't mean it's green. It doesn't mean it's anything. It means this is literally how it works. So save your Marxist shit for after you learned how the system works and then take, you know, you remember the old days when they had the uh, anatomy and they had all those sheets, those, um, they would lay them over the overlays, all the different clear overlays to show the different systems of the body. Well, pretend like MMT is the very first layer of that anatomy. And then put a sheet over MMT with marks and start coming up with ways in which to leverage that system in the way that you and your ilk, your ideological friends would like to see. And then you got the job of getting power. Somehow or another, you got to get power to make that happen. Okay. But in the terms of we're just going to debate MMT, there's no debate. And I'm tired of debating it, right? You could sit there and jerk off into a fucking sock, throw it in your mom's basement and fucking let her find the crusty thing later for all I care. What I want to hear, what I want to see people do is recognize right up front that the system is the system. How we use it is as different as anything on the world. You could look, for example, at my favorite recommendation of the hammer. Hammer in the hands of a carpenter. It can build you a house. It can build you a gazebo. It can build you a number of things. But a hammer in the hand of Ted Bundy. Well, there you go, right? There you go. So you understand that MMT certainly in the wrong hands. It's not like MMT is a thing. You don't do MMT, okay? But the knowledge of how the system works in the wrong hands allows them to do perpetual war. It allows them to create empire. It allows them to breed austerity. But that's not MMT. MMT just describes what they did. So to me, the frustration of watching people turn this basic information into a Rube Goldberg machine, leveraging their Rube Goldberg brains and, and creating these ridiculous extra 
things that you have to jump through to understand the most basic shit. It's just too much for me. It's just too much for me. And, and it wears you out. It steals your joy. You know, it steals your joy. Understanding where inflation comes from. Understanding where, uh, you know, interest, what the effect of interest rates are. Raising interest rates. Understanding the role of reserves. There's nothing to debate. Raising interest rates gives people that already have money more money. It's a basic income for the rich. Okay. The effort, the, the lie that they tell is the reason they're raising interest rates is to prevent inflation. But by giving rich people more money, what they're doing is basically creating the conditions for inflation. Okay. They're making the poor pay more for the things they need. And they're not achieving anything. But that's not MMT. That's someone's usage of MMT and MMT describing what they've done. I'm probably butchering this for some person out there that just wants to live in the world of Rube Goldberg machines. I know there's somebody out there that desperately needs this to be as complicated as it can be so that they can wax poetic and they can stroke their beard, look off ethereally into some faraway land and talk about these important esoteric ideas. Yeah. So philosophically, you know, philosophically, the philosophy, huh? That's not where the philosophy kicks in, dude, dudettes. The philosophy is your version of the world once you understand the system, how you overlay your ideas with how do I make this thing work? I like jet skiing. I like uh, water skiing. So I get a boat that drives fast enough. Okay, that's my overlay. But the fact is, is that boats ride on water. That's the system. You want to go fast enough? That's physics. You got to know how fast you got to have the boat to go to keep you above water. That does not change the fact that a boat floats on water. That's it. You know, I think about this all the time, and I'm going to leave this in your your capable brains and your capable hands to consider. We supposedly have an existential climate crisis going on right now. I say supposedly because I don't see anybody sticking around long enough. I don't see folks staying on point long enough to fight an existential climate crisis, which tells me most people don't think we have an existential climate crisis. Okay or they wouldn't drift off into conspiracy land and watch stupid shit about nothing burgers. They would be focused on preventing that tsunami from sweeping them out the sea. But clearly, people can't stay focused, and they don't think about it like that. But with the MMT angle, guess what? We know how we could pay for every bit of what we need to do to mitigate climate crisis. That is me adding my value over the 
operational reality. That's me saying, I value us surviving. Let me show you how we can mobilize those resources to achieve what we need done. Retrofit every smokestack. Go ahead and decarbonize the atmosphere. You know, to grow organic food domestically, whatever. You know, in the end, in the end, each of these things, each of these items, healthcare, MMT doesn't say we can just have free healthcare. What MMT says, if you will, is that if you tell me you're going to provide everyone universal healthcare and it's going to be paid for by the government, what MMT says is that the government can never go broke on debt denominated in its own currency. That's what it says. Anything that's for purchase can be purchased with their own currency as long as it's for sale in their own currency. And if it's not for sale in their own currency, they can either find a replacement from another country, from another service provider or whatever, or they can make it themselves. Okay. The government is the currency issuer, whether or not you're a Marxist, a Leninist, a Republican, a Trumper, a maggot, a libertarian, doesn't make a shit's bit of difference. Whether you're an agnostic, whether you're a pagan, whether you're a on fire Christian for Jesus, right? doesn't matter where you fit. The system is the system. And what you do with it tells us more about your heart, tells us more about who you are than it does about the system. The system can be tweaked. It can be changed. It can be, you know, we can pay less interest. We can make it zero interest. We can stop selling bonds. We could stop doing a lot of things. We could change any of these laws that we have the power to change those laws. But in the absence of that power, we either A, have to claim that power through either direct action, revolution, voting, <laughs> whatever. But in the absence of that, you've got what you got. And that's the important point to take away. The left has been shooting itself in the junk for as long as I have been alive. I'm 54. I've never seen the left get out of its own way. They want to chase tax dollars to pay for things. They want to use right-wing framing and talk about their hard-earned tax dollars. And I don't mind my taxes going up to pay for other people to have health care, pay for school, whatever. And then when you explain to them that's not how it works, they don't care. They go, la, 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 not listening. But it's this constant complication, this constant desire to shoehorn. Well, how do you get labor theory of value from your MMT thing, right? Interestingly enough, I got a chance to talk with some people this weekend who brought that very concept up. And Randy Ray had said, in order to talk about having a labor theory of value, you need to have a liquidity preference as well. You need to know your liquidity preference. So you got two things there. Because a business, right, wrong, or indifferent, has to keep its lights on. 
it has to know how much money, physical cash it needs to operate so that it can handle things in a liquid fashion. It needs to be able to know how many rainy day dollars it needs. And what is its preference? Does it want to have all of its savings locked up in investments? Or does it want to have cash on hand? How does that work? Now, someone might say, well, we'll just give everyone an equal share of the pie, and then they can contribute a certain amount into the kitty so that the business can do what it needs to do, and they can vote on it, and they can whatever. That's fine. Just remember, Bernie tried to get 60-40 in the board of workers to uh, elites. Elizabeth Warren was even less. I think it was like, I don't think it was 50-50. I think it was more like 60-40 the other way. Um, But you've got no one in there fighting for that right now whatsoever. It doesn't exist. These things don't exist. So how do you, how do you get past that? Well, you got to get power. And you know, if you're not waiting for Santa and you're not waiting for the Easter bunny and you're not waiting for the tooth fairy, you know that voting hasn't gotten you shit. You know that the system has been rigged. I don't have to tell you that you can see it. And like I said, you can go back to the primaries and see Bruce Spiva literally fought successfully, by the way, to block any sense of commitment or responsibility for the Democratic Party to run a legitimate primary. They literally don't have to. And now all of a sudden, Obama's advisors are coming out and admitting that they put the finger on the scale to prevent Bernie from getting the nominee last time, nomination last time. Okay? The establishment retrenched and made sure it self-sustained and put their boy, Jolton Joe Biden, nothing fundamentally will change, into office. Okay, that doesn't mean Bernie would have done anything different. Who knows? But we do know that you can't vote your way there. You're going to get the oligarch's choice, whoever that is, and you're going to like it or you're going to reject it. You're going to reject it. That's what you have to do. You have to reject it so you can begin doing productive steps that allow you to have that power to make those changes. If you've ever been to a meeting of your local Democratic Party, you always have somebody there who's a true believer and they got their blue wave and they're always like, oh, hey. But the minute you talk about being progressive and the minute you try to advance something, you realize how hard the resistance is. Now, mind you, this is not a political conversation, but it is a conversation of power. It isn't, it's trying to split apart what MMT is and why you don't see what you need done happening. Because the real Rube Goldberg machine comes from you conflating all of it. There's a great tweet. I wish I could find it. I was looking for it. Couldn't find it before the show, but it's out there, and I'm sure I'll find it soon enough, where Stephanie Kelton had a picture. And in that picture, on one side, it had a straight line. And on the other one, it had a squiggly rope, like looked like a ball of yarn. And on the side with straight line, it says MMT. The other one was all squiggly was all the rest of them. And that's exactly it. MMT simplifies the shit out of this stuff. It makes it just a straight line. Okay. And once you can get rid of all the noise, the worthless noise 
about the Rothschilds and all the other stupid shit that people tell you from the bar stool. All those worthless, stupid stories that pull you from being effective. If you could split that off and say, thanks, I, I've had too much to drink today. No more bullshit for me. Thank you. If you push them off to the side and say, hey, look, I don't want to get arrested for driving while stupid. I can't handle any more of your conspiracy drivel. Okay. Driving while stupid. There you go. A new, a new crime. Driving while ignorant. DWI. Um, there has to be some label that we can grab hold of that allows people to feel like they belong to something while simultaneously not conflating the theory of MMT. Theory being a proven set of hypotheses. A group of hypotheses that have been proven with data and observed and repeated. To the best of our knowledge at that time, it represents what amounts to be a law until they find other evidence otherwise. But in the case of MMT, MMT is not a theory in the sense that it was born a theory. It was called a theory in a damn blog comment section at Bill Mitchell's website. Somebody said, hey, we should call this MMT, modern money theory. It doesn't make it a theory, but it is the title. So if you ever go out there and you do a search on the web for MMT, you'll find information, you'll find bad information, you'll find good information. But the problem here is that if you try to put in modern money policy or modern money truth, you're not going to get any hits on internet. You're not going to find what you're looking for. All the work that has been done it's either been done under Abel Lerner Functional Finance. You've got Minsky. You've got, um, uh, oh my goodness, what the hell is his name? Um, Michael Koleski on full employment and the job guarantee, buffer stock, stuff like that. You find all this stuff that comes together to make up the body of knowledge, which Warren Mosler ironically found on his own as owning a bank. And then it was proven by other people who had all the theoretical frameworks and had done all the academic stuff. And that's where the conversion of operations manager, Warren Mosler, bank owner, knows how the system works infinitely. And then the academics who understand the theories and combine reality with the theories thus came up with MMT, legally congruent, factually congruent. And again, not subject to your liking or not liking as to whether it's real or not you know so that said that said it feels like a fool's errand sometimes to try and teach people this stuff because they won't listen they in they just demand to overlay their religious beliefs being Marxists, being libertarians, being whatever. They don't actually listen. They insert their religious views. Okay? No. There's not nearly enough people 
that share this information. And there are groups out there that have a very much a tone police style of doing MMT. That ain't for me. Let me tell you why. If you know people are dying, for real, and you know they're dying because fuck sticks keep fucking around with austerity, and you know that dumb fucks keep saying to reduce the deficit, and you know dipshits keep saying to pay down the national debt, not knowing what it is even. It's the sum total of every untaxed dollar in existence, okay? Since the dawn of time, that's what the national debt is. When you understand that stuff and you try to explain it to other people, you realize how very few people, how very few people are actually advancing it. And so it's like pissing in the ocean. It's like screaming in a pillow. But these tone policers, they want it to be all gentlemanly. They want it to be all kind and sweet. And I've had lengthy conversations with people. And just like the overlay with MMT, they don't understand the urgency of this. See, I'm not willing to let people just die without calling it murder. I'm not willing to allow austerity to be seen as just a policy decision as opposed to an act of violence. But they're willing to allow it to be seen as just just a difference of opinion. Oh, you know, there was a time where you didn't know this too, Steve. And that's correct. And there was a time where I was guilty of helping murder people just like you all have been by standing on the sidelines, by not paying attention, by not learning, by not fighting back. You too have blood on your hands for every person that doesn't have health care, for every person that doesn't have their life together, for every person who's drowning in student debt, and you didn't bother learning MMT, you have blood on your hands, period, full stop. I don't care whether you accept that or not. That's how I see it. And so for me, when I advance my, my version of this, my way of viewing the world, if you're going to allow the climate to burn around us and not do anything about it, you're guilty. If you're going to allow people to hang themselves and commit suicide because their private debt is too much for them. I blame you, too, for not speaking up and speaking out and not being enraged about austerity. If you allow people to suffer when you know this and you're not out there actively fighting and teaching people this stuff, I blame you for that. So you could say whatever you want, but in reality, my goal is different, apparently. My goal is not to piss people off. My goal is to make people stop and think about this thing that is boring and that they don't really pay attention to and that they clearly would rather go watch some bullshit live stream about a conspiracy, okay, without bringing the heat to this, without helping people understand how deep down the hole this stuff goes without helping people realize the real lives that are taken out. Yes, by medical bankruptcy. People, I'm telling you right now, if you've never been destitute, if you've never been staring down the barrel of huge debt and no way to pay it off, you wouldn't understand what it looks like to look up at the rafters in your basement and wonder which one will be strong enough to hold your noose. 
And then when you're homeless and you know that we could home people and it wouldn't require your hard-earned tax dollars to do it, we could just provide housing. We could do it. We could provide a job to every immigrant that comes to the United States, including every U.S. citizen that's out of work. We could provide that with a job guarantee. It's not a debate between UBI and job guarantee, but fuck sticks make it one. The problem is, is that they don't understand economics, so they do what they always do. Well, I just have a UBI. And when you say anything about it, what happens? The religious nature of their ignorance comes out. When I tell you that Social Security is an existing basic income already that can be modified, tweaked, increased, decreased, changed, and you tell me, well, we need a UBI, and I'm like, we need a job guarantee. We already have a basic income. If you want to fight to fix that, go for it. Again, it really is an overlay because what I just said right there, that's my personal belief. That's not MMT. MMT didn't say that. What MMT says is that we need a federal job guarantee to fix the problem that the government created by instituting the tax. Because remember, we have tax-driven money. Tax-driven money means that you need to do something to get that money to pay your tax. And so the government being the person in or the entity putting that tax on you has a responsibility to create a way for you to pay your tax. And there's the job guarantee. Okay. Now I'm not going to make this a UBI job guarantee conversation. The only time I ever talk about UBI is when I'm having to debunk it. It's not about, it's not about it right now. We always say, hey, we can spend or as much money into the economy as we want to. The question is, do we have a an economy that can absorb the money? In other words, do we have goods and services available for purchase in the quantities required based on the aggregate demand of each of us put together? Like how many of us have teeth that are falling out of our mouth and we need dental services now? And if we had universal dental care, all of us would rush to the dentist at the same time. It's probably a good chance that would happen. A lot of us would be going. A lot of us have probably taken a very, very passive view of our own health and ignored getting the preventative treatments done because we can't afford it. But what if we could? We might suddenly, all of us, go to get preventative treatment done, right? So it wouldn't be about money. It would be about, do we have enough doctors trained? Do we have enough nurses trained? Do we have enough phlebotomists? Do we have enough blah, 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 blah. It's just that simple. It's that simple. But instead, my dear friends who I'm trying to build bridges with on the Marxist side, they can't hear any of this. And they superimpose their belief system over top of it before they learn how the system works. Instead of learning how the system works and then assessing the the lens of MMT not to debunk MMT, because MMT is, whether you like it or not. 
It's up to Marxists to figure out how they can take what they care about and make it work on that. Or revolution. Remember, there's an option option there. But if you don't have the numbers, it doesn't make fuck what you think. Okay? So I say this, and I'm going to check off here in a second. I'm going to walk out of this live stream and thank you guys in advance. But this is so simple. A caveman could do it, literally. The government spends money into existence. It taxes it out. What more do you need to know than that? The limits of spending are real resources. How much real resources do we have? Do we have enough labor? If we do, then we can keep spending. If people are unemployed, that means we have more labor that can be deployed. Keep spending. Okay? We don't just print money. That's the other worthless statement that comes up. Because as we're spending money into existence, that's your printing. We're taxing it out of existence. That's unprinting. We're not just continually printing money and never unprinting it. See, these dipshits don't realize that the tax is the drain for money. Printed. Printed money. It's shredding that shit. The tax doesn't get respent. It shreds it. So the economy thrives on new money and bank money. Bank money brought on by loans. We don't just keep printing money. Fucking stupid, right? Doesn't that piss you off when you hear somebody, what are you going to do, print more money? We're just going to keep printing money. We can't print money forever. That make you just throw up in your mouth a little bit when people say that. And it's all because they're superimposing all these other thoughts. Over the most simple thing in the world, we spend money into existence and we tax money out of existence. We spend it into existence, we tax it out of existence. We spend it into existence, we tax it out of existence. Spend it into existence, tax it out of existence. One final thing what is a bond? The bonds the US government sells can only be purchased with U.S. dollars. So think of the U.S. bond as a savings account. The only difference is that savings account might be a six-month savings account, a one-year savings account, a five-year savings account, or a 10-year savings account. It might even be a one-day savings account. There's no rhyme or reason to the kinds of bonds that can be created and the term in which they're created. And the interest, it's already been, they know when they say this is going to be a six-month bond, when they sell that six-month bond, they already know what the interest will be. They pre-fund it. So keep this in mind. None of MMT, none of MMT has anything to do with your ideological pre- preferences at all money is a creature of the state the unit of account unit of account being inch pound measurement it's a measure it is the states it's the legal patent of the united states government that by the way it created a law another law called the federal reserve law which was 1913 the federal reserve act which was done by congress just like the dollar okay 
And the United States government gives charters to banks, federal charters to banks. Here you go. You have the right to operate. Here you go. And here's the conditions which you operate. Guess what we could also do? We could change the charters to banks. We can make banking boring and we can do anything. <clears throat> but you got to have power. So with that, Steve Grumbine, I am the rogue scholar. I'm a frustrated scholar. And, uh, well, you know, I'm out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.